Today on the Scott Radley Show on 900 CHML. Don, a couple years ago, maybe more than that, we heard about this uh, settlement that the NFL players and the league had reached on concussions and that kind of thing. And it was a billion dollars, give or take, that they were going to be going, that was going to the former players. Well, the NHL has announced today that it has reached a tentative settlement with more than 300 retired retired players who sued the league and accused it of failing to protect them from head injuries or warning them of the risks involved with playing. The league has come to a settlement. Over 300 players, $18.9 million. Now, we were talking about Gary Bettman before. Is this not the greatest deal ever for a league? I mean, look, I, I feel sorry for the players who are suffering with head injuries and all the rest, but holy cow, if you can get over 300 players to settle for $19 million, they're each going to get $22,000 if they're proven to be, they got to go to their doctor and be assessed and everything else. 22000 bucks. That's the greatest deal ever for a league. Well, who, who said Gary Benton was a good commissioner? Well, if if he was, oh, the one, I know the guy that did it. But you, if he also, was the one negotiating this, m- more marks on that one. Also, also, uh, what he's done is help the fans and help grow the game and everything else. But as you pointed out earlier, and I would never deny, he works for the owners. I just don't understand, and we're going to find out more in future days. So maybe my question will be answered down the road. Well, the question I've got as, as you check something is how many NFL players are concussed and how many NHL players are concussed and to what level and what's the damage? I mean, you need, we do need to look at the whole situation. Agree. If there's 320 NHL players that have uh, put in a grievance or put in a uh, some kind of a claim to the National Hockey League versus... 4,700 players in the National Hockey League. Or the NFL, you mean. Or the NFL. And you start looking at what their salary base was and if that's part of the component of how they get uh, paid. I mean, I think any guy's heads work just as much whether you played in the NFL, NFL, wherever you played or whatever you do. I just can't believe the NHL players would have settled for this. That that's that's the, the real point here. That might it? be the surprise is how why did they cave at 22,000 each? Because I look, you're right about you know how many more players there might be in the NFL, and and could the situation be worse and stuff. But if you've gone to all this trouble to make this class action suit, if you've taken it to the courts and you're you're willing to fight for this and everything else, is it really by the time you take lawyers' fees and everything out, or like twenty two thousand dollars per player does not say if you truly are one of these players who is arguing that your life has truly been negatively impacted by the injuries that you've sustained. $22,000 seems like it is pretty unsubstantial. Insignificant. Insignificant to help you on with the rest of your life. I think one of the difficult arguments for the players to make is, is that they didn't know that they were at that much risk. Oh, I, Don, I agree with you a thousand percent. I think their argument is is that the league didn't do enough to protect them. I'm going to do some recall on, on an old and uh, fragile mind that I possess that at one point, I uh, back in the uh, Brantford Smoke days running a minor pro team and visors weren't mandatory, but I'd, I'd come to learn that the National Hockey League didn't mandate helmets. 
And one of the reasons that they didn't mandate helmets, because that would provide proof that there was actually a danger to play the game and that they would be unsafe. And it wasn't until years later that they mandated the wearing of helmets, which is why Brad Marsh and those guys never had to put them on. And they didn't protect the referees. The referees didn't have to wear them for years and years and years. And I'll tell you, as a former official, when you're refereeing a game and you're watching what's going on, you're not watching the puck all the time. You're watching what's going on when, without the guy or with the guys that don't have the puck, and you're liable to get clobbered at any time. So if that rationale that I was told was true actually is true, they were thinking about it 25 years ago. I agree with you, and I've long been of the opinion that if you go on the ice and you engage in a fight or you get hit or whatever else, unless it is something that is so far beyond the expected limits of what someone would do to you in a game, if someone tomahawk chops you over the head with their stick, that's beyond what you are expecting as a reasonable outcome of your evening at the rink. But if you get hit and you fall and you hit your head awkwardly or whatever else, that is that is in keeping with the accepted risks you take as a player. If you drop your gloves and someone concusses you, that is something you've accepted yeah, you- as part of your choice on the ice. And so I've long thought that these kind of lawsuits are misguided. I've long thought that. Yeah. Except in those cases where something was done so egregiously out of bounds of what... So the 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 situation with the Todd Bertuzzi on Steve Moore. Yeah. Um, that, you know, was it Steve Moore? Yes. Yeah, Steve Moore, not his brother. Um, that is a, that's a different thing. But just if you have concussions over the course of your career from the way you played, I don't see where you have a case. Even if the do- if you say, well, the doctors told me I was going to be fine. I've talked to enough athletes about this, football players, hockey players. Even if the doctor said, I wouldn't put you back on the ice right now. I wouldn't go back on the ice because I don't think you're well. These guys would have chosen to go. And now to later say, well, no, I wouldn't have. Yeah, you would. Yeah. I, I, so nonetheless, $22,000 for a settlement seems like these players have just grown weary or grown tired. It's not been that long in the works and said, whatever, get whatever you can, get us some peanut money and we'll get out of here. We've touched on it before. And, um, it's always when there's a big hit, somebody's coming through the middle with their head down or they're not looking and get run over. That's an area that, that I'm, we've talked about before. I'm surprised that the. Players Association generally come to the defense of the guy that did the running running, and not the guy that got run over, which always escapes me because, again, um, your mind, my mind's worth as much as anybody else's mind, and if it's, you're going to get it, your, your melon bonked around like a bocce ball, then the league should take care of that and, and discipline the guys that are doing that as repeat offenders and who in – Washington, I was still sitting out there 20 game suspension. Yeah, Tom uh, Wilson. Yeah. So they're getting on to that, but that might, you know, 20 years ago, the discipline wasn't the same. No, the game was not the same. And I don't think you can apply the same standards retroactively that we are looking at now. The game's so fast now. The Scott Radley Show. Weekday evenings from 6 to 8 on 900 CHML.